Are we rolling? We're rolling. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're rolling. Well, let me let me ask you then, while we're on the subject, what is an acceptable time frame for you to have a reboot? Because we have seen multiple reboots in our lifetime. I'm going to go out there and say never is an acceptable time for never. a reboot. No, because I think there's been one or two that have been handled interestingly. One or two that have used, came up with some interesting ideas in which to do it, which has pushed a lot of, you know, like it's pushed movies a little bit because they're thinking a bit more meta or outside of the box. Yeah. So there has been one at two. Case in point, I actually think the Robocop reboot's pretty good. It's not a good movie, but it's an interesting way that they did it and they did a nice job with it, I think. I didn't see it. I actually forgot that existed. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> um, it's a Joel Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, and Samuel L. Jackson for some fucking weird reason. The casting's bonkers and it makes no sense because like, I just don't know what Gary Oldman... And like, they might have had photographs of him doing something and they were like blackmailing him and made him do this Robocop reboot. I don't know what it was, but it's really... It's not a good movie, but it, it handles it in a pretty interesting way. Suffice to say, we shouldn't be rebooting, rebooting anything. New, new properties. Ghostbusters is not a hill I'm going to die on because I don't give a shit. I don't care if they reboot anything. That's totally fine. I'm not going to be precious about properties that I loved as a child and be like, oh, they can't reboot it because I never want to be that person. Because why would I begrudge some kid getting into something now? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't care. I don't care if they're going to reboot them. I just don't think that they should because the, the end result's never as good. But uh, case in point, Ghostbusters, the amount of heat, all of the, the, the re- reboots and reimaginings got the all-female cast got so much heat and it was yeah. so negative. That is gross. Do I think the movie's good? No. Do awful. I care about it? No. Is it worth being going on this like, fucking tirade of like chauvinism and like no in, in toxic absolutely, masculinity absolutely over the fact that it was, it was a bunch of women cast who gives a shit that's terrible it's just brought out the worst in people that i think and then likewise with the force awakens and then the toxicity that came out about that and just in general i just don't think they were a good idea i mean i wonder when we're going to get a harry potter reboot we don't need one if they're going to reboot the mcu they'll probably reboot harry potter at some point i should imagine too yeah I'm trying to think of like actual true, true reboots, not spiritual success, like yes. sequels or, or things like that. Or straight up reimagining reboot. Outside of the MCU, because we talk about uh, the MCU well, a lot. Yeah, there I mean, are like, definitely some in the MCU. The total re- recall reboot yeah. with uh, Colin Farrell, which is not very good. Would Godzilla count? Uh, yes. We had the Matthew Broderick one, and then we had the whole <laughs> kaiju verse that they've created now. The kaiju verse, yeah, or right, yeah, like the, the monster universe or whatever yeah. it's called. I'm actually going to look up as we're talking. I'm going to Google movie reboots. While you're doing that, I think the only thing that should be rebooted is the classic CGI cartoon reboot. Did you ever watch that as a kid? On, Which car- one? on Cartoon Network, it was called Reboot. Oh, really? Was it? Yeah, they're that's like fun. in like um basically inside a computer. Oh, that's fun. That's yeah. cute. Yeah, that would be good. So I'm bringing it up here. This is according to a website called WeGotThisCovered.com, which I've never been on before. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with them. The top 10 movie reboots ranked, and this is from September 29th, 2021. So it's a few years old. Okay, so number 10, I'm guessing we're going in reverse order. Um, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, (laughs) that didn't need a reboot. No, it didn't need a reboot. It did not. A Star is Born is number nine from 2018, which has been rebooted three times, isn't it? What? Yeah, so it was 
There's original Star is Born, then there's another one with Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisland, I think. Streisand Streisland. And then there's the most recent one, which is the Gaga. And Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper version. I had no idea why. I know, right? The Great Gatsby. I don't really class that as a reboot. It's just, it's based on the classic novel. So it's, I don't think it's, if it's based on a novel, it's not a reboot. You can make as many of them as you want. Yeah. Like All Quiet on the Western Front or whatever, you know? So we're talking, so for criteria's sake, a reboot needs to be from an original source material that is a, a movie, movie, a film In that has opinion. been recreated. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Next, we have Ocean's 8, which I don't see as a reboot. I see it as a semi-sequel, especially considering, have you yeah. seen Ocean's 8? Especially because Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister. Oh. So it's still in the same universe. It's the same universe. Everything that happens in those movies happens in this, is in this universe. So no, I don't see that. This is not a good list so far. Number six, Scooby-Doo from 2002, which is the James Gunn written one that, with uh, Matthew Lillard. Mm-mm. I don't know if James Gunn did that. I think on the last episode, when we were talking about James Gunn, Daniel brought up that he wrote the Scooby-Doo one and two. I don't know about that. I mean, there's a big audience for that Scooby-Doo movie, though. People actually my own list. really hold that. Number five, we have Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Eh? No, I don't see that as a reboot either. Not it's considering they're all, they're all now canon. Yeah. Uh, number four, Little Women from 2019, the Greta Gerwig interpretation. Based on a book also, no. Planet of the Apes, the whole, the whole yes. series. Okay, yes, with Rise, yes. Dawn, and um, War. All three really great movies. Absolutely. The, All three really good. The Matt Reeves version. Yeah. Yes, the Matt Reeves, I 100% get behind that. I think, in my opinion, better than the originals, and I know that's heresy, because a lot of people, I grew up watching uh, Planet of the Apes when I was a kid, and it's weird, and it's clunky, and it's not, I think that this this reboot better than the Tim Burton reboot. Yeah, for sure. So that basically that franchise has been rebooted three times. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there will be a fourth. At some point, I should imagine too. Yeah. Number three is Maleficent. That's, not a, that's just a character from another story that they... You know, need a better list. This list, list is terrible. I'm going to finish it because we're, we're so close. Power Rangers, the 2017 Power I lo- Rangers. I really like that movie. Was the remake of, or the reboot of the 1995. And it's actually really fun. It's that's, actually really fun. Yeah, that's actually... Like low-key, hidden gem, strong recommend for me. I think that Power Rangers movie is really fun. And for what it is, it's good. Yeah. 100. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, number two, they have It from 2017. But it's based on a book, so it's not a reboot. I'm not taking Halloween. that. Uh, the zombie Halloween? or the No, the whole new Michael Myers trilogy. First one, yes. Yes. First one. Well, yeah. We'll, oh, okay. Um, that's a big can of worms. Okay, I'm going I'm to come to that. Number one, Hairspray on the list from 2007, which is the remake of the John Waters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is the musical. This remake is the musical version starring John Travolta. Not as good as the original. Nope. I'm not going to say that. But speaking of... Reboots. Halloween. That's really tricky, though, because Mm -hmm. I really like the David Gordon Green version. The first one. I think it's really good. But it's a sequel to the first movie. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So it's technically not a reboot. The Rob Zombie one's not, though. The Rob Zombie one isn't. And I love the first one and despise the second one. That's what most people say. I've seen the first one. I ver- remember very little about it. Didn't it cast Kane from WWE? Isn't he Michael Myers? I mean, maybe he's in, he's in that other movie, um, See No Evil or something. Yes, I think it's Kane who plays yeah. him. I don't know what his real name is. He is a behemoth. 
of a man in that movie. It's yeah, the first one's not that bad. You're right. That was a very disappointing list of reboots. And also, the, I think the rules, we, we, yeah, we have to be very strict about the rules as to what qualifies as a reboot. Okay. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. That's a reboot. 2004, I believe. Okay, great. That's a reboot. That's a really good one, too. Yes. Interesting, too, that it's a reboot of the second movie in the franchise. Yes. Rather than the first movie in the franchise. Yeah. That, okay, so we, there's some interesting rules to it. Yeah. I do like that movie. I like how it's set in Milwaukee and not filmed in Milwaukee at all, which is hilarious <laughs> to somebody who lived there for a long time. It is... Do you think it's better than the original? It's not better than the original. I haven't seen the original. Wow. I have not. I've been wanting to see it. I've just not gotten around to it. Yeah, we're doing that. We're going to do that one night. We'll have a couple of drinks, eat some... I would love that. I've seen Eye of the Living Dead. I've seen... Have you seen Day Day of the the Dead? Day of the Dead is... Okay, so Dawn is the most heralded, I think, or at least by movie people. Like, everybody's like, Dawn, Dawn, because Dawn... I think Dawn of the Dead is the closest to what we have now. I think post 28 Days Later, Dawn is like the quintessential zombie in terms of it being... The, a metaphor for consumerism and capitalism and all the stuff with them being in the shopping mall and stuff. So I definitely feel like that is a huge blueprint for going forward for what we have now with all of the zombie material that we have now. I think Day is the the sleeper of the three. You think so? Yeah, I think so. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I, I think that movie's really good. Can you think of anything else? Can you think of anything that's definitively better? Okay, definitively better. Okay, because there's a lot of shitty reboots. Is there a reboot where... Everybody is like, that is better than the original. I'm looking at this list. I'm also just kind of thinking myself. I just Googled best reboots of all time. Well, can we argue Nolan's Batman trilogy? Potentially, yes. Yeah. But not Begins, because I think it doesn't really get good till Dark Knight. I but, agree. I agree. Begins is, is kind of a, a slow start. Kind of shaky for sure. Casino Royale, which is the reboot of the Bond franchise. But it's a, more, it's a, it's a reboot of a franchise. And there is a Casino Royale movie, but the Casino Royale movie isn't canon. It's not part of the original yeah. run because it's we, a side movie, isn't it? So Are we talking single entry reboots or are we talking an entire franchise It's got to be single both? entry. Okay. Oh, Evil Dead. Oh, absolutely. The yeah. Evil Dead remake is incredible. Yeah. Okay, that might I'm be my favorite for Rise. so far. Yeah, that might be my favorite so far. Okay, that's um, a good one. I think it's really, really, really effective. Let's have a look. Dread, the mid-2000s with Carl Urban is significantly better, but it's based on a Judge Dredd comic book, so it's not straight. No. 310 to Yuma could be one. Um, that's a really great movie with Crow and Ben Foster. Not really, it's not a movie, but the Battlestar Galactica reboot's really good. I don't know if you watch Battlestar Galactica, mm, but it's really good. It's really good. Okay, uh, people ask what reboots are actually good. 10 amazing TV shows where, no, we're not talking TV shows. I mean, TV shows is a ton. Because then you'd like Cobra Kai and, and we'd be here so, for yeah, hours. I mean, yeah. but Cobra Kai's a reboot of a movie franchise, though. So, no, it's tricky, isn't it? It's really, yeah. there's so many like to um, fit with our specific criteria for this funny conversation. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I've got another list. I'm going to just charge through because I'm interested to see. Okay. Um, okay, this is 25. I'm going to reverse order quick. Okay. Okay. 25 Evil Dead from 2013. Strong agree. 24 Halloween from 2018. Not a reboot, as we discussed. 23 Bumblebee. No, that's not. No. <laughs> 22 Star Wars Force Awakens. That's a sequel. It is a sequel. It's not a reboot. Yeah, you're totally right. Okay. Same with Bumblebee. 21 The Muppets from 2011. No, because it's an ex- it's a TV show. Number 20 Evangelion 1.0. You are not alone. Can't speak for that. 
Yeah, I didn't, haven't seen uh, it yet. 19 Dawn of the Dead from 2004. There we go. 18 Rise of the Planet of the Apes. 17 Spider-Man Homecoming. No, I'm not ha- having that. X-Men First Class. No, I'm not having that either. It's based on a comic book. Uh, 15 Star Trek from 2009. Yes. I will, I will allow Star Trek. Even though it's based on a TV show, it's not a sequel. It's all new casting and it starts the story. But was it good? Is I think the it's question. pretty good. The first one? Chris, it, it's Chris all right. Pine? I think it's good. It's all right. I think it lost a lot of what made Star Trek Star Trek. Mm, yes, because it's a little... Well, it's, social commentary was wiped away and it was just like action. It, yes, a little too much action. Good casting for Spock though, Zachary Quinto. Oh, for sure. Um, what happened to him? I don't know. Might be worth a Google. Number 14, Matrix Resurrections. Nope, it's a sequel. 13, it's an Top awful Gun sequel. Maverick. Nope, it's a sequel. What, who's writing these lists? <laughs> 12 is Dread from 2012. 11, Mission Impossible. Yes, I'll take that. It's a sequel. It's not. It's a reboot of You're a TV the, show. Oh, the Tom into a movie franchise. first Mission Impossible. So yeah, okay. I'll allow that one. And it's the De Palma one. It's, I still think, the best one. So I'll allow that. Okay. Uh, number 10, The Batman. Matt Reeves' Batman. Uh, yes, I think that's a really good reboot. Uh, I mean, I agree. Uh, number nine, Shin Godzilla. I saw that. From 2016, I haven't seen it. Apparently, it's amazing. It was awesome. Yep, I heard that's the, the shit. Uh, number eight, 21 Jump Street. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> because that movie's fun as shit. Based on a TV show. Yes, but not a movie. So yeah. it's still not meeting our criteria. Seven, Batman Begins. No, we talked about that. Um, six, The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Yes. Oh, yeah, because that is a, um, a reboot of the original Mummy. Yes. Yeah, Boris I was thinking Karlov of the Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, oh, God, no. It's been rebooted um, three times. But yeah, the Fraser Mummy times. from 1999 is fun as Yeah, I saw it a couple weeks ago. Oh, amazing. Still. Yeah. Uh, 1999, so how old is that movie? 23 years old? 24 years old? 24, yeah. Still lives up, though. Like, oh, it's, it's just the practical shit. effects and just the spectacle of it all. Yeah. It was so much fun to see it in the theater. Yeah, I, I, I like Steven Summers, that director, a lot. Number five, Blade Runner 2049. It's a sequel. Yeah, it's not really a reboot. It's not a reboot. Four, Ocean's Eleven. Yes, I'll have that because a reboot of the Frank Sinatra Rat Pack movie. So Ocean's Eleven won the Soderbergh movie. Yes, I'll, I'll allow that. I think that's a really good reboot. Then. Yeah, I yeah. think it is. And it's, and, and it's a movie without sequels. It's a one-off movie made into a one-off. Not a one. We thought it was at the time. Turns out there's more numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's better than the original. That might be the first one we've landed on that's actually 100% fits our criteria. Three is Casino Royale from 2006. Two, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. That's a really good reboot. Yes, indeed. I mean, one of the greatest action movies ever made, Fury Road. Damn, that's good. This list pulled itself together. Creed, not a reboot. Creed is technically a sequel because Stallone's in it. It's technically a sequel. But also, is Mad Max a sequel too? Because... Mad Max is still the same character and I think they reference the other films. I need to re- go back and see it. Do they? That's what I want to know. I No, they don't. It's not. It's just a reboot. Okay. In which case... We'll go with that. We'll go with that. So really, of the l- listener, thank you. <laughs> We've been going really... This is... But it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So far, I think the only two that we've got that really fit the criteria in terms of them being good also because we pick plenty that are terrible is Mad Max Fury Road, Ocean's Eleven. I've been thinking during this conversation that while I support reboots, I think there needs to be some, um, what's the word, some rules of engagement for creating reboots. And I think, for me, I think you should get three strikes. Now, the third strike, you can't reboot the movie anymore. If you do, you have to change 
significantly a large portion of the IP to make it completely different or a complete reimagining of it. I like that. Because I'm thinking about how the Fantastic Four has been... Oh, God, yes. ...rebooted. It's about to be rebooted th- for the third time. And I hope that this is, this is it. But there's been a lot of triple reboots or double reboots. And, you know, there's, there's a lot more stories to be told. Uh, yes. Sorry, we just had a cat on our mixing desk there. We should be good. Well, yeah, we're all good. Yeah, we had a special guest for a special minute. Special guest, mixer, special guest uh, doing some editing and some, well, there we go, engineering. Okay, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really good rule. Anything you would add? Let me ask you this. What would you not want to see rebooted? Like, if there's something, like, is there something where you're like, you cannot touch that? You are not allowed to touch that? I mean, there's a lot. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Teenage Mutant and Turtles. That's been rebooted so many times. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. being rebooted again. Seth Rogen is making one. Is that what I saw? It looks great, honestly. The other day. Is that- it's actual children being teenagers into playing actual teenage. Okay, I'm in turtle. for that. I'm in for that. I gotta think on this. This is a hard one. I mean, you my, have one? Yeah, I mean, my go-to has always been "Don't touch Back to the Future." Do not touch Back to the Future. Okay, okay. They can do. I mean, they can. Obviously, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it if they do it. But I just feel like I'm not gonna go back on what I said before. Like I don't I, I don't own any of this property. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I just think that that would be a step too far. In my opinion, that might push me over the line where I'm kind of like, no, you're taking the piss now. Or the Goonies. Don't remake the Goonies. The Goonies, yeah. I think those, Scott, you know, and it may not be in our lifetime, but history always repeats itself, it seems like. They'll be rebooting Schindler's List next. Oh my goodness. Irreversible. Melancholia. (laughs) 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 We'll reboot a bunch of Von Trier movies. (laughs) Uh, Antichrist rebooted. Yeah, the reboot of Antichrist. It's animated with Seth Rogen. <laughs> I would watch that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I probably honest. would. Probably would. I do like the idea of the rebooting movies that are like irreversible. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think he's releasing a version of it that is the other the, way around. The, yeah, the other way around. Oh, really? Yeah. Love that. Love that. Of course he is. It is not irreversible. It's actually reversible, apparently. Interesting. That's actually really interesting. I need to I need to hear more about that. And if I'm making cat noises, it's just because I'm cat whispering. There we go. Yeah, there's gotta be one. What's your favorite movie? Poster's not behind me. Um Garden State, but Interesting. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I've never asked you what your favorite movie is. Well the thing is, my favorite movie, and I know yours is pretty in pink, but my favorite movie has not changed for years and I have a list of favorite movies, but I just haven't I, there's a lot of phenomenal films. Oh, yeah. But I think I've watched so many movies now that it's really hard to pick the favorite because that is that is a hot take and that's just some big words, like heavy words to put towards something when and for it to hold that place. But Garden State, I think I watched it at a very specific time in my life when I was... Yeah. It came out in 2004, I believe. I think so, around about then, yeah. I was 14, so I think I watched it probably when I was like 16. It was like my introduction to like indie film. And I loved it so much. That I was like, I'm going to watch this every day for the rest of my life. Nice. And I tried for like a couple of days and then I was like, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> it, it, it's fun though too because it, right at that age too, um, the soundtrack was a big deal the for The soundtrack movie. was really, I think, what got me into a lot of the music I exactly, like Exactly, yes. I mean, like it was the introduction for the shins for a lot of people mm-hmm. and, and, and more, I, Imogen Heap. Um, like a, a lot more stuff. And yeah. I think um, I think too, that's like a lightning in a bottle movie where the trailer was really good for that movie. The poster was really good for that movie. The soundtrack is really good for that movie. So you had all these levels of hype. It was hitting on like yeah. perfectly and it hit just at that right time. And I feel like it really connected to a lot of people. And it's interesting because I was listening to an interview with Zach Braff 
today. And I'm not a big Zach Braff fan at all. I mean, I like that movie. Uh, I haven't seen it since probably came out, but I like that movie. But he was saying something really interesting. He was like, you have to write what you know and like write the kind of movie that you want to see, but also write the movie that you know. And he was like, at the time when he wrote Garden State, he was a younger man, almost 20 years ago now, yeah. Garden State, and he was a younger man and he was, he wanted to write about his experience and how he felt the isolation and the alienation that he felt as a young man and like going through those challenges and what the, the notion that if he could just be, and I'm quoting him, incorrectly but close that if he could just meet that one woman that would save him you know what i mean that yeah. one special person who would like realign what he felt and, and and it was really heartfelt that he was talking about it and then like it really made me want to watch the movie again if i'm being honest because i do it's on my radar to rewatch. but um i own three copies of it i was gonna say i mean yeah you kind of you gotta look at it as, <laughs> i don't know why but i do of, that's on every format vhs <laughs> i have a burned copy yeah. and then three legit or two legit copies you got on laser disc <laughs> but i think you gotta look at it in a way like if you were going to be on a desert island and you had a portable dvd player and you could only take one movie with you what would be the movie probably that movie i was gonna say yeah i mean i know for sure it'd be pretty and pink for me now i would watch it that often because i've seen it enough but it's the one movie i don't want to die before seeing again if my clock's about to expire like you knew yeah if i knew i was going to die the one movie i would want to watch again before i die is pretty and pink and i could say that at any time of the day at any day of the week and every any week of the year if they're like it's terminal you've got six weeks i have to watch it one more time before i die i think i would do garden state and i would also add moonlight to that that is a that's a double feature yeah yeah that's right yeah i mean moonlight's an incredible movie i watched it with you for the first time we watched it here. Incredible movie. We never did an episode on. We did like, not. We? we might have to fix that at some point. I mean, it's. I, I still want to do it. It's due on. It's it's old one. I we definitely talked about it on our A twenty four tier ranking uh, list, but it is definitely old. Uh, definitely due. Very sidetracked. Also, okay, so we talked about desert island movies. We talked about our favorite movie. We talked about the reboot situation and what reboots entail, and. It's just an interest. It's an interesting topic. It really is, though, for movie fans. You know, I think because you can get like defensive about it, you can get excited about certain potentials. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see an Akira live action movie at some point. It's not going to happen, but I would too. And that could be sacrilegious for some people to to hear. No, I mean, if done right, I think it could be great. Like, I actually really like the Ghost in the Shell, the Scarlett Johansson Ghost really? in the Shell. Yeah, I really like. I it. didn't see it. It's pretty fucking faithful. There's scenes in that movie that are lifted. Like, you could watch one to one on that scene playing against that scene in the anime except for the fact she's not japanese that's what deterred me honestly i was like but yeah what's interesting though is to uh takashi katano uh beat takashi he's casting it too and i just think that's an interesting argument because she's an android she's a that's true she does she doesn't have a race she is a machine yeah so i don't really understand where that came from like and i hadn't really ever thought about it that way yeah and i think it's also interesting and it might be wrong in this i'm definitely Please do not take this as gospel. I might be totally wrong, but I think as Westerners, we think that when Eastern European, oh, not Eastern European, uh, uh, like Asian or Japanese, when they draw characters, I think that we think that they're always drawing Japanese people. When I'm pretty sure that in a lot of anime, those characters are supposed to be Western. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean by that? Like, I feel like yeah, they're not only yeah. just drawing Japanese people and be like, this is all in Japan. I can't think of a good example right now, but Cowboy Bebop, for That's example. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Are they all, I mean... Which that should not have ever been made into a, a live action. It was very good, though. It was very good. Yeah. It's interesting that the notion that we think 
that the android because it's made by a Japanese animation studio is supposed to be Japanese. And I guess if it doesn't really matter for the character and understanding the character, then why should it matter? Yeah, because nothing that she does or says is uniquely based around her experience of being... Yeah. Is it? I mean, I know that she had a life. I don't know. It's kind of tricky. But I just, I, I think like the heat around that was a little misplaced and a little bit unwarranted because time and time again, they'll prove then then when they were very specific for casting Cowboy Bebop, very specific with the ethnicity and the, and the nationality of whoever they cast, that turned out to be hot garbage. So what difference does it make? Yeah. It's not really who's cast as if it's good, in my opinion, because... I definitely got swept up in like the internet fervor of that and that's why I didn't watch it, but also just didn't, it didn't appeal to me. But I think really it doesn't matter what a character looks like as long as the right person's picked for the job, unless that's specific to the origin of the of, character of the or character, it's important yes. for the story. Yes, like that character's experience. I mean, I'm thinking of, of the fact that a person of color is cast for Little Mermaid right now, you know, and a lot of people have lost their minds about that. Well, is there a lot of people of color who live under the sea? Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> We're talking about a fictional as like a I movie. Know, I know. Like, what difference does it make? What difference could it possibly make? For a minute, like, I was like, what is the right answer here? Yeah, I know. It's what like, is no, God wanting me only, to say? There's only white mermaids. <laughs> yeah. There's no mermaids, people. Seems like she has a phenomenal voice. The movie looks awful the visually. The movie looks terrible. I, yeah, I and think that. We talked about that in one of our last episodes. I think. But it, what's interesting there, though, is the, the amount of people that were complaining about Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell, how many people of those were white? On Twitter. Probably a lot. I probably guess like 96% of those people yeah. were white. Yeah. Because I, I did see a thing at the time, at the time when this was, they were interviewing people in Japan on the street about it. And most people are like, I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter to me. If it's cool, it's cool. Because they're not going to watch it anyway. They don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? It, like, yeah. It's it's a movie made for a Western audience anyway. White savior is what I think of when... when I Yeah, when I yeah. think of that stuff. Yeah, that's Wanting what I to, do. To meddle and, and get into the affairs of every, everybody else. Yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, a lot of that shit going on with the whale too, when we, we, yeah. we got into that mm -hmm. in terms of uh, representation. I just think it's a tricky, it's a, it's a dangerous slope though, because the more you double down on representation being super important, the more then it can be flipped, like they flip with a little mermaid. And at the same time, it's kind of like, well, I've heard you guys argue crazier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's right, but like also by your standard, Aries would be white. And then now I know that's a real push and I'm not saying that's exactly true, but also like if you're going to go out on such a limb to argue, then it, it, it does work both ways. Yeah. You know, like if they cast a black Superman. I heard you know Michael B. Jordan was going to be, there was like rumors about him being cast. He would have been great. No, like that's what I'm saying. Like personally, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care. If it's good, but by the same standard of them casting Scarlett Johansson, if they were cast a black Superman, then it's by your standard. That's not right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he is a white American male raised on, on a farm as, and he's a football player and he has that classic. Yeah. And then by that, but that's what I mean. The logic, you've got to be careful with it in which I think that we get too caught up in representation. I think there's a clear cut time where representation is super important. I argued for on the wheel. I argued that we shouldn't have Frasier cast playing that role. Argued for that. I just think when it's it's a hill worth dying on, die on it. But when it's not, you probably should chill out and not worry about it too much. But then really that's just subjective because that's how exactly. you view it. And then the other people that are really diehard yeah, totally. about their form of representation exactly. are probably thinking the same thing. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. It's just it's just a really that's why I think conversation is important instead of just Exactly. These definitive yes or no's. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to when it comes to stuff like that, 
think it's really important. I think it's, you know, what's really good though, is that there is a conversation. So I'll give it that. Yeah, for because sure. Because it was none of this conversation back in like 1980s. You know what I mean? Nobody give a shit. It's like, this is what you get. Yeah. You're getting white people. That's what you're getting. You know what I mean? Like, deal with it. Everybody's white. Everyone's straight. This is how it goes. So yeah, we're in a much better spot. Agreed. And, uh, you know, sometimes with a little conflict and a little bit of push and pull, that's where you get the results from. So I'm still trying to think of what movie I don't want to be rebooted ever. I mean, there's got to be something. I'm going to have it by the end of the episode. The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of movies that are like uh, 120 Days of Salo. Oh. You know, you can never, re- it would be an outrage if they recast that movie and, and rebooted it. <laughs> well, we should do a whole episode on that. <laughs> oh, God. God. Have you seen it? Uh, no. I mean, I've, I, I watched know- it on a first date once. What? <laughs> yeah. I know the entire plot of <laughs> yeah. that movie because I read like a whole thing about it because I was interested in it. I knew I was not going to watch it, yeah. but I read the whole thing just like I knew I was not going to watch a Serbian movie. I've not seen that. And I, was I, like, I'm I, don't, not, I'm never I have watch no need that. to watch yeah. that. But it, uh, Salo is one of those movies where it's like you have to know about it because it's so notorious, yeah. you know, but I've never seen it. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. a hard watch. Hard watch. Yeah. <laughs> On a first date. Yeah. Love that. I love that for you. How did it go down? I mean, we both wanted to watch it. We had never seen, or I think maybe she had seen it. I can't remember, but we made the conscious effort to watch it. And I made some very young, I made some Uncle Ben's rice. <laughs> you know, at, at, her, at her house and we watched that movie. You know what's kind of cool about that though? Yeah. <laughs> you guys would be forged in the fires of Mordor. If you both, if you, if that's a first date and you're like, this is what we're watching and you both agree to it and you both get through it. Yeah. That could have been your soulmate. Could have been. We're, we're, we're still friends for sure, but... Wow, that's incredible. That's probably my favorite first date story of all time. I'm going to be honest with you, I think it is. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> that's so cool. Okay, yeah, well, you keep thinking of it as we talk. You want to talk John McFall? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I mentioned it briefly. Uh, this is the second episode I've recorded today. I did mention it briefly with Eric when we did our episode, episode earlier in the day. But John McFall, I've seen it, you've seen it. Saw yesterday. Where are you on it? I thought it was really fun. Okay. I thought it had a really awesome soundtrack. I really liked the, of course, the choreography is the, probably the best part. The action sequences, really well put together. I don't think Keanu Reeves is a good actor by any means. In terms no. of, no. As, in terms of delivered dialogue. In terms of stunts. Yes. And movement. Yes. I would say yes. Yeah. He does, he does that in spades. Because he does his own stunts. He's like 60 years old. No, I know. It's incredible. Let's get into it. Like, let's fucking get into it. I'm going to push back against that. Okay, yeah, yeah. How old's Donnie Yen? Oh, I don't know. Let's Google him. And I'm pushing back about this Keanu thing. I feel like somebody needs to push back on this Keanu thing. I really do. So I think I'm going to take one for the Well, we don't want an echo chamber in here, so. Yeah, I just feel like somebody needs to say Donnie Yen's 59. Okay, Keanu Reeves is 60? I kind of just pulled that out of my ass. Let me see real quick. But I know he's... He's got to be pushing 60. He is 58. Okay. One year different. The reason I'm bringing this up is we'll get in more what we think about the movie, but I feel like nobody says this and it could just be because I'm crazy. Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, okay? Good. Committed to the role, committed to the physicality of the role. Nobody's going to deny that. Nobody's going to deny the greatness of The Matrix. Yes. Wu-Ping choreography, nobody's going to, Bill Pope shooting it, nobody can deny what they committed to celluloid on that movie. Incredible. One of the greatest action movies ever made. One of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. That's a movie that doesn't need to be remade. 
Exactly. Oh yeah, there 100%. we go. There we go. Boom. Never remake the Matrix. They were going to remake the Matrix too. That's what's crazy. And the Wachowskis were like, no. For me, he's always seemed physically a little stiff. Stiff when he moves. He is stiff. Watch the Matrix. He's stiff in the Matrix, and he's young and he's in great shape. He's stiff. I think he's really stiff as uh, John Wick. Like really, the way he moves. And he does have that gait to him. And I know his legs are slight. I know it doesn't matter what his legs look like, but he's slightly bow-legged, Keanu Reeves. And he has that gait when he moves. And the reason I bring up Donnie Yen as an example is like, I'm not going to deny that Keanu Reeves did all the gun training and he did all the hand-to-hand combat training and he commits to it. And like, he's fine shooting a gun, but he, he doesn't move gracefully for me, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves moves very solidly, but very like robotic. Yeah. He has that stiffness to him. I mean, compared to Donnie Yen. But I mean, and, we're and talking Kane. about the goat. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Donnie Yen, arguably. He was flowing like water in that movie. Yes, because he is, thank Christ he's in that movie because we needed it. And when Donnie Yen specifically, which I think the worst action sequence in John Wick 4 is in the, the concierge uh, building in Osaka, the beginning main action set piece. I think it's the worst one. I think obviously it gets, we'll talk about the later ones because it gets incrementally better. But that, that one's, Specifically for me, I was like, I've seen this in the other John Wick movies. They're in a room, it's mirrors. There's going through the glass. There's these, I've seen all of this. Like, at first, I was a little bit worried. But the minute they say to him, Are you going to do what you've been paid for? And then Kane's like, Okay. And he starts moving. And Donnie Yen starts to move. I'm like, That's a martial artist. There's somebody who moves with grace. Yeah. Incredible Donnie Yen, just like Jet Li is, uh, just like Jackie Chan is, obviously. I mean, that's the trilogy for me, like the Trinity, Chan, Lee, and Yen. Yeah, the three, In my opinion, the three greatest on-screen martial arts of all time. Have they ever been in a movie all together? I don't think so. That'd be uh, really cool to see. I think Yen and Lee have. Uh, I'm not sure which one. I don't know if it's in like one of the Ip Man movies. Donnie Yen sure. was in Ip Man, right? Oh yeah, it's, it, he is Ip Man. Yeah, because yeah. I noticed what, some of the, the way he was fighting was very much like Ip Man with the really fast punches. Yeah, Donnie Yen's just, he's like a magician. He's, and he moves with such grace and beauty. Now, to me, when I see him moving, now, granted, he's not using a gun like Keanu Reeves is all the time. And he's using the sword and he, like his cane, which turns into a sword. And it's really cool. I was just like, thank God he's in this because he's moving. And it's like, it's incredible. And he's like 59 years old. It's wonderful seeing him do that. There's a stiffness to Reeves. He's getting a lot of hype and a lot of praise for his commitment to the role. I give him that. He doesn't move well. He never has moved well, Reeves, in my opinion. I think you're swaying me. Because yeah, I'm thinking I'm, about if we replaced him, with anybody else, the movie could be the same, but it could arguably have be, a good actor. Yeah, it could be even better. And I love Keanu Reeves. Don't get me wrong, as a person, it's just as well he's such a nice person because he is. You know, he buys, I think that's what's gotten him far. I was talking about that with someone I went to see with. Yeah, he buys everyone on the set of Rolex at the end of the day or whatever, and he did all these nice gifts, and he gives all that money to charity, and he and he, and he lives quite a humble lifestyle. Yeah, very. He's like a wounded. He he has a broken wing. Bless him. You know what I mean. And like that mileage he's getting from that broken wing is pretty strong because he's fucking terrible as acting in this. His delivery of his lines in this movie might be his worst. He, I think he only has like less than 10 lines. He gets paid $360,000 a line or something. Really? They, somebody calculated it. I don't wow. know the exact. No, it's $36,000 a word is what he got paid for this movie, I think, because he's so little delivery in it. Can you imagine? But his delivery is terrible in this movie. We would have made, made a lot of money just right now with this podcast. Exactly. God, I'd make so much money because yeah. I fucking never stop talking. Here's my two cents on the movie. Okay, let me hear it. Too long. Every action set piece is too long. I agree. Everything about the movie is too long. Get rid of the guy and the dog because they serve no purpose to the movie whatsoever. 
the only thing I could think of when he was in it, I was like, this feels like a King of Fighters game. It feels like one of those SNK. <laughs> um, because I was like, you have all these characters. Because he looks like he one looks... of those guys would be a character and he's dogged around <laughs> screen and bite you and come off as a yeah, special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get rid of him. Awesome. Get rid of the daughter who is now supposedly the new baby Wick. Uh, we were calling her Jane Wick, which I think is really <laughs> funny. Um, but get rid of her because I did nothing to it again. I did nothing. Him and his daughter, the, the guy ran the, the Osaka thing. What did that add to the nothing? Other than the sequel bullshit that they were trying to set up. Yeah. To get rid of that, trim it. The movie starts really dull, I think. And I think every action set piece is just too long. This is what I did love about it, though. Donnie Yen, incredible. The uh, cinematography is beautiful in the movie. They've spent a lot of time making it look fucking incredible. The movie starts to sing around the time they go to the nightclub in that, that weird-ass nightclub where they're fighting and everybody's dancing still. And it's like... Yeah. And I'm like, is that how it is? And like, where, where were they? Germany? It was in Germany. And I'm like, is that how it is? Everybody's just dancing. I feel like every extra and non-main character or side character was an NPC. Yeah. Nobody reacted the entire time that he is weird. firing and shooting people in public. And what is that the, uh, that square they were in? Oh, the one there, the Champs-Élysées? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like all these cars that just keep on driving, like yeah. no big deal. No cops, no, no military, cop. nothing. Nope. Yeah, totally. It's very much like a video game. It is a very much like a video game. And I think, obviously, I understand the escapism. That's really good take because it totally is. And the NPC thing is hilarious because they dance like NPCs in Grand Theft Auto 2. They're just kind of like the really robot. And mm-hmm. they, yep. it was so stupid. Did love the action set piece though. Great. Yeah. Um, the guy fighting in the fat suit, a little bit questionable. I like how they put him in a fat suit and he moved just like he wasn't in one, which was really fun. So like, I love, I, I'll give him a pass. King of Fighters. It's still. To, it's tall King of Fighters though. Or Tekken. He has, he has yeah, totally. He has like a suit on, he has the rings and he's like, got the cards will be a special movie. Yeah. He throws out cards or something. Oh my God, I love King so of Fighters. Cool. I know, it's so cool. So that was a good sequence. Too long. Good sequence, too long. Then it starts to cook. Basically, another thing I really dislike is the Warriors reference. Where that lady's always on the, t- and she's like, hey, boppers, we got the Mr. Wicks riding through town. Like, seen it, don't wanna hear that. It's cheesy. It's really dumb. Really didn't like that. And didn't they do that in the third movie where they had this huge bounty on him yeah, and then totally get all the assassins it's around the Same again. shit. Yeah. And then the, sh- the roundabout uh, fight scene is good and it's fun and it's inventive, okay? It's too long and it's also stupid, right? But it's kind of fun. We keep throwing people into cars and they keep bouncing off. I'm appreciating what they're doing because they're really pulling out all the stuff. Yeah. Next scene where he goes into the abandoned house and then he goes in and it does the, the best action sequence is the flip, the camera flips upside down. Spoilers for John McFall, but the aerial view. I love that. It was a Hotline like, Miami. Hotline Miami. Totally. Video game. It's, I thought of Hotline Miami as soon as I saw it. That was such a cool scene. It was really, really cool. I would love to see a Hotline Miami movie, honestly. Oh, God, yeah. And with the Dragon's Breath shotgun cartridges where you, like, they yeah. torch people. That I was actually, my favorite scene. That's the best scene in the movie. And then when he ultimately jumps out the window because he has to get out of it and he falls down to the ground, again, should never have lived, but he lives and he gets off. And then they're like, how are you going to top that? They do try to top it. I don't think they top it, but they try to top it with the stair climb. Oh my, no. He goes up all those stairs and then just gets kicked down all of them. First time that happens, it should have happened once. Yeah. And, and that's fine because I think that's incredible and it's really funny. It's very it's goofy. Charlie Chaplin-esque. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he goes all the way down the bum. You get to do that once. You don't get to keep, have him keep coming down though. I think there's one point where he gets kicked down the second time during like, okay, so he gets kicked down like the first half, I think. And then he gets kicked down the next half. And there's one point where he like, I think I saw this. I need to go back and see. 
where he like continues the roll, like he like grabs the ground and pushes himself to continue falling, as if continue the scene. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Like it looked like he like, like just for a split second he purposely continued the roll because he needed to go all the way down. Yeah, because he had to. Yeah, yeah. like um, it's too long that scene, but it's fun, and I get what they're doing, and it's inventive, and I like it. And so I think the that's what I like about the movie is its ambition for action set, uh, set pieces. I think is really fun. I don't think it's always effective. The ending, fair enough. Bill Scars got fair enough. I take it or leave it. The whole law aspect of it, just gobbledygook, nonsense. Doesn't make any sense. Stupid. I'm sure they're gonna do a prequel. Oh god, it's terrible. But what's interesting is so you hear this. I listened to an in- interview with Chad Stileski, the director. We worked on the Matrix and all and what have you. And he was talking about stuff. And he was like. Oh yes, yeah, so what me and Keanu did was we had this whiteboard when we sat down and they're like, what's everything that we don't like about action movies that is bad in action movies? And then what we're going to do on the opposite side is write a fix for all of it. And we're going to be like, so you never see people reload the guns properly. So how many bullets are they firing? When are they reloading? You never see people clean off their sword after they use it or anything like that. So like, we're going to try and incorporate all the things that we think are bad about action movies into make this ultimate action movie. And my girlfriend said the funniest thing because we were listening to that and then we got out and then we saw the movie and she said the funniest thing. And this is, she has my favorite take on the movie, but she was like, at any point, didn't you think that action movies have bad plots? You might want to actually put up a good plot in it, make it a good action movie. But you didn't think about that, did you? And it's so <laughs> true because it's like, I'm going to fix all these things that are wrong with action Everything movies, around. except we're not going to consider maybe the basic. Part of it would just have an interesting plot with characters yeah. who you care about. Plot is really forgettable, to be honest. It's nonsense. Total nonsense. Well, I, I think of it this way. like It's the Fast and the Furious. It's basically like if Fast and the Furious was uh, about a sass. Yes, without any of the charm of Fast and the Furious. I agree. I don't know why, but Fast and the Furious has a ton of charm, in my opinion. But you're right. It felt like it was just never going to end. The movie felt like it was never He's going to end. going to have a end. space bounty and have to fight cosmic bounty hunters. Oh my God, wouldn't that be cool? That'd Actually, be... now I say it, that could be pretty cool. I'd fuck with that. I'd fuck with that too. And I'm going to fuck with more John Wick. I'll see him. I'm, am I going to watch 4 again? Probably not. My favorite's 2. 2 was great. I think 2's great. Because it's just enough of the lore. Where you get in, you're like, okay, this could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Before they realize by the time he hits three, they're like, they've got no idea what they're doing. They don't even give a shit about it. I think it's really sad that if this is Lance Reddick's last movie, he died in it. I didn't even know that he died. Yeah. And I watched it. He was only in it for, it was really, really weird. And then uh, my girlfriend was like, oh no, he just died recently. And I was like, holy shit, my terminal cancer or something. Yeah. So they wrote him out of the movie. And then like, no, he just died. Yeah. Yeah, to get killed off in John Wick and then to die like two days before the movie come out. Yeah, and there's got to be like some kind of like... It's 60. It was only 60. Yeah, like I'm thinking like... I was thinking during that movie like if I was an actor, I wouldn't... Uh, my 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 main fear, I think, would be to not have my last movie be one that I die. Yeah. Or unless you were like... Say, for example, if you were Hugh Jackman and your last movie was Logan. That's kind of cool. Because you're going out on like an epic ending. Yeah. But just to have your last movie be like, you've been in it 10 minutes and your character gets killed off. Yeah. No, that's terrible. That's terrible. Obviously, it's not something anybody can control, but... Yeah, totally. <laughs> How about you, Chris? I know you said that you really liked this. I want to hear a bit more your thoughts on Wick 4. I thought it was fun. Fun? Yeah. I thought it was a fun movie. I don't know if I'd watch it again either. I might rewatch that specific scene, the Hotline Miami scene. I think that was all one shot, too. With stitches, I'm With guessing. With stitches. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe I, I have I to, to go back and it. watch it. But I thought it was it. really well done. I don't know. It was kind of goofy. It doesn't take itself seriously. Just a fun just a fun movie. It was a little long. It's definitely. Long. Yeah. It could have been, been trimmed a little bit. But if I look at it from the perspective of a video game, 
where you have like the big bosses that he's fighting like the 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 german guy and the osaka compound and then the staircase like it's just like it's just like a video game it's totally a video game my thing though is there's so much talent involved in making this the like incredibly talented the stuntmen the performances the choreography the attention to detail is incredible yeah. on the action sequences i mean honestly though you like if you take out take out the cgi muzzle flare and the sound it's just literally Keanu Reeves pointing a thing. That's the whole movie is him pointing right, point left, point right, point right. That's literally the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because it's all CGI and muzzle fire because they're not using real art rounds or whatever. My thing is, though, is with all of the talent that's involved in it, what if they made something that had a ripping story too and a really good lead performance? People are talking about the action in this movie being the end, be all and end all of action movies. I'm going to have to hard pass on that. having seen The Raid. And seen Raid 2. The Raid is amazing. Personally, I don't think it's in the same fucking league as The Raid. No, uh, Any yeah. of the John Wick movies. Or, there's, I, I'll tell you this. Um, so it's, is it Gareth Evans who di- directed that? Yeah. His TV show, Gangs of London. I don't know if you've seen it. I've not. There's two action set pieces. One in a, in a caravan, like a gypsy caravan park. And I can say gypsy because I'm part gypsy. <laughs> uh, caravan park. And then there's another one in a country cottage two action set pieces on the show. It's eight episodes that show. You want to see action set pieces? That guy knows how to shoot fucking action. Holy shit. Gangs, Gangs of, of London. London is incredible. There's a, there's a shootout involving like 10 paramilitary guys, two or three guys inside of a country house. And it is the craziest shit you will ever see. And it's so incredible. In my opinion, dwarfs anything that's in any of these John Wick movies. Because that guy, I've never seen anybody who can shoot action better than him. I just wish you would do something. Although, give them a, a budget to make something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I gotta check so that out. Oh, it's so good. It is, it's, I think it's like episode three or episode five is the big shootout scene. It's like notorious. You can just watch it. Actually, we can just watch it on you. You don't have to watch the whole show if you just want to watch the sequences because they're really good. We can watch it after this on YouTube if yeah. you want. I don't want to commit. This, this show is all right. It's a gangster show. I but definitely just want to see the scene. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch the scene. That's my whole two cents. What would you like give John Wick? And out of the four, where would you put it? Uh, my order, it goes two, two, one, four, three. I can't rank. Three's a stinker. Unfortunately, Daniel was supposed to be here, but he's not feeling well. But he watched the, fir- the first three last week. I, ha- I realized when I was watching a recap that I've not seen the third one. So I would do two, one, four. Two, one, four. Yeah. And I think Daniel is going four, two, one, three. Really? I think so. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he is. Daniel, if you're listening, feel free to... um. You know, comment and let us know what yeah. you think. Like and subscribe. Daniel. Yeah, like and subscribe. Call in. <laughs> we may or not. We may or may not re- respond to your email. Yeah. <laughs> have you been, have you watched anything not in theaters lately that you would want to re- recommend? Or I just mentioned some stuff with there? Eric. I mean, just a bunch of random shit. Nothing particularly great. Uh, Out Eternity's Gate, the Van Gogh biopic with Defoe and Whoa. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, it's you. you You'll be able to find it. It's, it's it came out in twenty eighteen. That was fun. No, it wasn't fun, but it was good. <laughs> it wasn't fun. I rewatched Jerry Maguire again recently, which I love. Nothing of note. Gotcha. So, how about you? I watched uh, Drag Dragged Across Concrete. Well, you did. I want to see that. How is it? But I hear really good things. It was really brutal. Yeah, it was really, I think I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Have you seen any of his other movies? I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah. So he has. Well, Dragged Across Concrete is. S. Mal Craig Gibson. Zoller, right, is the director? Yes, he's a really interesting guy. So he made Bone Tomahawk, then he made 
that one with Vince Vaughn where he goes to prison, which is, and then he made Jack Cross Concrete with Mel Gibson. He did Bone, Tomahawk, Brawl, Brawl. and Cell Block 99. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and then Drag Across Concrete. He's really good. A lot of people really like his movies. I've only seen, I think, I haven't seen all of Bone Tomahawk, specifically the notorious scene in Bone Tomahawk, which I haven't seen yet. So I've seen parts of it. I've seen parts of Brawl and I haven't seen any of Drag. But people like evangelize his movies and people like a lot of film heads are like super into his movies. He's just a really interesting guy though because he's like super conservative. There's like pushback about him, but like a lot of people who really like it, but not because he's super conservative, but because of his like, his politics are kind of interesting. And I think that makes him interesting. I think that makes me interested in his movies because he's not really, from my understanding, I, I've listened to a lot of people talk about him. From my understanding, he's not interested in playing that whole, he's very interested in making his specific style of movie with the specific level of violence that he has in and like his beliefs almost in a way, I guess like maybe he's like a Sam Peckinpah who was kind of conservative and kind of an asshole and kind of like difficult and wanted to make movies really brutal and like speak to that truth. And I think he's very interested in doing that, which I think is interesting in a landscape where people are in Hollywood are making movies are more liberal and less interested in like violence. He seems to be more interested in what that's what the impression I get. I don't know. Does that fit to well, I think with that movie definitely that's probably the part that stuck out to me the most and was I thought the most interesting was the hyper violence about it. Yeah. I felt uncomfortable during certain scenes and just the way it was filmed was really gritty and raw. Interesting. And the the title dragged across concrete it sounds, applies. It, oh it does. Okay. And um not in a literal sense. Yeah. I'm not trying to spoil it, but just I know what you mean. That tonally? Tonally, yes. Yes. Interesting. That's what Painful. I was hoping. Yeah, because it sounds like it's kind of gnarly. Difficult to say too. I like how he worked with Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson's such an incredible fucking actor. Shoot me because he is. You can't deny that Gibson has got fucking chops. Mad chops. Yeah. And he's, he's fascinating to watch. So this, this is where it gets tricky, Scott, because yeah, separating the art from the artist I think is maybe harder to do for musicians, but when I think about what an actor is, they're just serving as a shell to embody exactly. the a character yeah. and they're channeling a story and a whole nother being, if you will. So it's not even them. The hundreds of people are involved in making. Yeah. And it's not just them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a it's whole, not like his album. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's a really good way to look at it. I like that because if you were like, I don't want to watch Mel Gibson's movies because I don't want to support him based around the person that he is in his political views or whatever he has to do with that his uh, anti-Semitic views or whatever, yeah. you're not supporting him. Really, you're supporting the director, the writer, the cinematographer, the people like, there's so much more involved in what he does than it would be one thing if it's just like, I'm not going to buy Mel Gibson's solo album. Yeah, but I think even then, I know with me, I have my own threshold, like with Kevin Spacey, I'm not going to watch anything he's in. It's See, not that he's going to be anything anymore. I totally am. That's cool. I know, but I, 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 but then, if that's, but that's, that's, I think that's choice. interesting though, though, because what's the delineation between where you are and where I am? Like, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that you have that cut where you're like, no. Um, but for some reason, I don't. I'm just I, a better person than you. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a perfect way to end this episode. No, do not end it like that. No, but hard cut. When you say that, I'm just gonna end the episode <laughs> oh like that. Oh my god. No, I don't know. Just like personal preference. No, totally. No, it, I mean, it is, but it's yeah. just interesting. It's interesting. And that's what I think is fascinating, just to have these conversations of where do you draw the line? I mean, you've got to draw the line at some point. You have to. Would I still watch The Cosby Show? Yes. 
because okay. I loved the Cosby show when I was a kid and I'm not going to stop loving it now. Oh, I don't know. Though. Have I watched the Cosby show since? The allegations? Yeah. Well, not allegations. He was literally yeah. found guilty of it, wasn't he? The no, transgressions? I, yeah, the transgressions. I have not seen it since. And would you notice things now seeing, <sighs> knowing what you know about Cosby? He's just making me want to watch it more now because now I'm curious. I still like listening to Michael Jackson. I think I can confidently say that there's never going to be a defined answer of what's the right thing to do with there that. There isn't because ultimately I think as a society, somebody else said this and I think it's really interesting. It was a discussion about cancel, people getting canceled and it was, they were talking about somebody and I don't know if they were talking about Shia LaBeouf, they were talking about somebody and they were saying that we as a society are incapable of understanding what to do with people once they've been canceled, like that we don't do anything with them. So it's like we present a problem and we send, present somebody as problematic and then we destroy them, but we are not interested in what, what we, do you do with a broken person? That's well, probably that's jail. That's just like prison system. No, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like put them away. There's no reforming. Exactly. That's no interest Lock in that. Lock them away. Forget about them. Mm-hmm. They don't exist. We take them away from society. They're done. They're cut off. And I think that's what's interesting to do with cancel people. It's like, what do you do with a Kevin Spacey? What do you do? When somebody's done that, like as a society in general, yeah, we are incapable of the thought process of what rehabilitation and forgiveness looks like. Yeah. Just incapable of it. Then there's no answer to it. And we don't have an answer to it because we don't know what to do. Like, what do you do with something that disgusts you? Typically, you uh, avoid it, put it in another room. Well, yeah. It apparently. doesn't make the problem go away, though. No. And it maybe also doesn't allow the thing that is quote unquote disgusting to, to learn and change and to. Exactly. To even and see shouldn't that. everybody deserve the chance to 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 learn from that? Not within reason. I'm obviously saying this within reason. For sure. But shouldn't everybody have the opportunity to be healed and 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 to learn and to make right what they did wrong? Not if they can't make right, shouldn't they be allowed a chance to apologize and shouldn't be allowed a chance to grow? Because if we don't stop figuring out how to fix broken people, yeah. we just have broken people everywhere. Absolutely. Broken people make more broken people. The vicious side. Like, when are we ready to forgive? I'm not going to make that joke. I'm not even going to say it. Okay. I'm not even going to do it. I was going to make one that was like, that is such bad taste. Like, I'm not, we're not there yet in the podcast where we have enough clout to make a joke like that and get away with it. So no, I'm not going to say it. Good thing for catching yourself. <laughs> you know, right. Self-censorship, you see. I canceled myself on the spot when I was about to do that. Chris, always a pleasure, never a chore. Oh, I love that. And same with you, Scott. Yeah. Dear listener, thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed another episode of Movies Last Night. Who knows what the next episode will be like. At this rate, they're just whatever we decide to make them. It's kind of a slow season, but things are going to be picking up in the next month uh, into the summer season. So, yeah. And we'll keep doing them because we're still having fun. Yes, we will. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. Take care.